0: So now we're going to take you from Ohio all the way down to North Carolina. Now this morning's scripture reading is going to come to us from from Joanne Jensen Inman. Uh, Joanne was a longtime Court Streeter. Her family has got deep connections to Court Street United Methodist Church. Years ago, she moved down south with her family, but recently she has reconnected with her Court Street Church family through our online ministries. And we're so grateful to see her face and to hear her voice this morning as she shares our gospel reading with us. Today, we're going to continue our, our sermon series on the wisdom of the desert fathers and the desert mothers you know for these these next few weeks we're going to be learning from these followers of jesus who in the earliest days of the church left left the world behind and went out into the desert to seek god and to better to know themselves And this morning's Gospel reading, we're going to hear some words from somebody who who lived that life long before the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers went out into the wilderness. Today, we're going to hear from the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptizer, a, a prophet of God who prepared the way for the ministry of Jesus. Listen for the voice of God as Joanne shares with us these words from the Gospel of Luke.
1: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. And the crowds asked John, well, what then should we do? In reply, he said, whoever has two coats must share them. And likewise, whoever has food must share. Well, even tax collectors who came to be baptized would ask, teacher, what should we do? And John replied, collect no more than the amount that's prescribed for you soldiers also asked john well and we what should we do and he said to them do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god
0: So last week we heard the story of this young man, Anthony, who left the world behind, who left the city behind, and, and went out into the desert to fast and to pray and to seek a deeper connection with God. And we heard last week that, that many thousands of people followed Anthony away from the world and out into the wilderness. And one of the greatest of those people, one of the greatest students, disciples of, of the man who came to be known as Anthony the Great, was a man by the name of Macarius. Now Macarius was a young man also when he left the city and the world behind him and went out into the desert. But it wasn't long before people began to recognize his wisdom and his holiness. Macarius became famous for his, his wisdom and his holiness and his deep connection with God. Macarius was also a, a good-looking guy. Let's, uh, let's put a picture of Father Macarius up. Take a look. That, that is Father Macarius' actual yearbook photo. And, and I don't know what it is, but there's just something, something sharp about him, don't you think? So Father Macarius became famous for his his wisdom and his devotion to God. But all through his life, there was one temptation. There was one sin that Father Macarius struggled with. He struggled with the the sin of pride. Now, Father Macarius was proud of the fact that he was able to, to pray more deeply than anyone else in the desert could pray. And he was proud of the fact that he was able to fast for longer than anyone in the desert was able to fast. He was proud of his wisdom and he was proud of his, his holiness. He was constantly comparing himself to other people. And, and Father Macarius liked what he saw. Well there's a story about, about something that God did one day, when God decided that, that he needed to teach Father Macarius a little bit of humility. The story goes like this: And one day when Father Macarius was deep in prayer, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to him. He saw an angel of God in a vision. And of course, Father Macarius was, was terrified. That's how you're supposed to respond when an angel of the Lord shows up. You're supposed to be at least a little bit terrified. But deep down inside, Father Macarius had this, this feeling that this was no more than what he deserved. He had half been expecting that something like this would happen. After all, his fathers, as far as Father Macarius knew, he was the holiest person in all the land of Egypt. And as long as the angel was there, Father Macarius couldn't, couldn't resist asking a, a question and comparing himself to all of those other desert mothers and desert fathers just one more time. And so Father Macarius there in front of the angel, he said, oh, angel, I want you to, to answer one question for me. Father Macarius said, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate my spirituality? Go on, angel, go ahead and tell me. You can be honest. Tell me just how am I doing out here in the desert? Now, Father Macarius was expecting that the angel would would say to him, Whoa, Father Macarius, in all of the land of Egypt, there was no one as as holy or as spiritual as you are. He was expecting that the angel was, was going to give him a pat on the back, but that's not what happened. Instead, what happened was the angel looked at Father Macarius and he said, Well, Father Macarius, to be honest, you're not doing so great. As a matter of fact, the angel said, I can think of of at least two people not far from here, right off the top of my head, who have achieved a much deeper level of spirituality than you have. Well, Father Macarius couldn't believe it. He started thinking about all of those desert fathers that he knew. He said to the angel, is it, is it Father Anthony? One of them is probably Father Anthony. I'm not really all that surprised by that. Is the other one, is the other one Father John? I'll bet the other one is, is Father John. Tell me, angel, who are these two holy persons that I might go and, and learn from them? And the angel said, well, actually, Father Macarius, these, these two holy persons aren't fathers at all. They aren't men at all. As a matter of fact, the, the two people I have in mind are, are a pair of women. Well, Father Macarius was, was flabbergasted. He couldn't believe that two women could become closer to God than he was. Now, you have to remember that, that this is the Egyptian desert in the year 300. And so, and so Father Macarius was holy, but he wasn't exactly what you would call progressive, where, where gender issues is concerned. He was enlightened, but he wasn't enlightened, enlightened. And so Father Macarius started thinking about all of those holy and wise desert mothers that he knew. And he said to the angel, well, who, who are these, these holy and wise women? Is it, is it Mother Theodora? Is it Mother Sarah? Tell me, tell me angel, who, who has grown closer to God than I have in all of these years out in the wilderness? And the angel said to Father Macarius, well, actually, Father Macarius, it's nobody you know at all. In fact, the people I'm thinking of are a, a couple of housewives who live over in the city not far from here. Well, that about knocked Father Macarius off his feet. After all, Macarius had left the city behind. He had left the world behind because he was convinced that nobody could possibly grow close to God. Nobody could truly know God there among all of the noise and the temptations of the city. And so Father Macarius said to the angel, Angel, give me an address. Tell me where these women are so that I might go and and meet them and learn the secret to their holiness. And so the angel gave Father Macarius some directions And Father Macarius went off into the city until he came to a place where there was a little house and he he knocked on the door and the door was open and two women answered. And Father Macarius introduced himself and these women were, were honored that they would receive a visit from such a famously holy person. They, they invited Father Macarius to come and sit at their kitchen table and they, they poured him a cup of tea and then, and then Father Macarius got right down to business. He said, listen, he said, I am, I am here because I have heard that you are women of great holiness and, and great virtue and I want to learn the secret of your holiness. He said, tell me all about yourselves and don't hold anything back. Well, now it was the women's turn to, to be surprised. And the women said to Father Macarius, we, we don't know what you're talking about. They said, honestly, there's nothing very special about us. And they started telling Father Macarius their story. They said, we're, we're sisters-in-law. Years ago we married a pair of brothers and, and there was a time years ago when we would have loved to have leave the city behind and go, go live in the desert and fast and pray the way that you do but our, our husbands wouldn't release us from our marriage vows. And so when we discovered that we couldn't leave the city and go out into the wilderness we, we made our own vows to one another. And we made a vow that we would seek God and we would serve God right here in this house. and We made a vow that we would never quarrel with one another. We made a vow that as far as we could, we would never let an ungodly or a hurtful word come come out of our mouths. And they said, for years we've been trying each day, one day at a time, to keep those vows that we made to one another. But other than that, honest father, there's not anything particularly special or, or holy about us. We're just ordinary housewives living an ordinary life. And Father Macarius thought about what the women had told him a bit and then He smiled, and Father Macarius said to himself, Now I understand, God. Now I understand what you're trying to tell me. Father Macarius said to himself, God doesn't care if someone is is married or if they're single. God doesn't care if you live in the city or if you live in the desert. God doesn't care if you're a monk or if you're a housewife. The only thing that matters to God, the thing that is most pleasing to God, is if we make a vow to seek God and serve God, exactly where we are. The first step to deep spirituality, the the first step to true holiness, is to find contentment and to be at peace right in the place where we are. I love that story. I love the lesson that Father Macarius learns from those, those two ordinary women. And I believe that that's a little bit of wisdom that you and I could probably use right now. And one of the things that is most difficult about this particular moment in time is is being where we are and being content and at peace right where we are I don't know about you but i've been feeling a little bit restless and cooped up lately in the early weeks of sheltering in place it was it was scary and it was stressful but there was also something a little bit exciting in and even heroic about what we were doing. It felt like we were doing something important and courageous. It felt like we were saving the world and and saving our community by sheltering in place. But as this thing has has worn on, as the weeks go by and the leaves begin to appear on this tree that was bare when I first started preaching out here a, a few weeks ago, it's getting harder and harder to stay in one place. It's getting harder and harder to be where we are. Now, I don't know about you, but I've noticed myself looking over the fence a lot lately and wondering if maybe the grass isn't greener in, in somebody else's yard. Now, a few weeks ago, just before, just before the pandemic started, I, I joined an online Facebook group. And one of the things that I love to do each summer is to go up north and look for Petoskey stones. One of my favorite things about summertime in Michigan is slipping away every once in a while and spending a day with my, my feet in the water and the sun on my shoulders as I fill a bucket with Petoskey stones. And so a few weeks ago, I joined an online Facebook group of of people who also love to go out and look for Petoskey stones. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be fun to to connect with other people who love to do what I do. I thought it would be fun to connect with people and find out where the best beaches are. I thought it would be fun to learn from other people how they polish their stones and and care for their stones. I thought it would be fun to be part of this group, but it has not been fun at all. As a matter of fact, these last few weeks, that, that Facebook group has become a source of stress and frustration. Each day, I go online and I check social media, and it seems like every day in that group, there are are 17 new posts from people who who live up north, 17 posts from people who live near the beach, 17 posts from people who who have a beach right there in their own backyards, and every day, these people are posting pictures of their, their feet in the water. Every day, these people are posting pictures of the sunshine on the beach. Every day, people are posting pictures and saying, look at all the Petoskey stones I found on the beach today. And every time I see one of those posts, I feel jealousy. I feel envy. I feel such frustration at being stuck where I am. I can't help but shake this, have this feeling that, that by the time we're allowed to go back up north, all the Petoskey stones are going to be collected. There won't be any any more fossils on the beach for people who live down south by the time all of this is over. I am having such a difficult time lately being, being where I am. And so I, as much as anybody, need to receive the wisdom that John the Baptizer shares with us in this morning's gospel reading. 250 years before Father Anthony and Father Macarius went out of the city and out into the desert, John the Baptizer, the cousin of Jesus, went out into the wilderness himself And he fasted and he prayed and and just like with Father Anthony and Father Macarius, people noticed John the baptizer. They noticed his wisdom. It seemed to them like he had figured out something important about about life and about God and about being human. And so people would come out of the city to see John the baptizer and they would ask him, John, tell us how do we find the kingdom of God? Tell us what, what do we need to do in order to be saved? And everyone who asked him that question, every person who came out seeking his wisdom, got some version of the same answer from John the Baptizer. And to people who were wealthy, John the Baptizer said, Listen, you who have two coats, choose one to keep and give the others away. Learn how to be content with the one coat that you have and to tax collectors, to people who were always looking to, to find a way to increase the bottom line and squeeze another nickel out of people so that they could get a promotion at work. John the baptizer said, stop squeezing people, collect only what the law allows you to collect. Be, be content with the position that you have. And to, to soldiers, to people who were used to patting and lining their pockets by, by threatening and beating and intimidating people, John the Baptizer said, Stop Stop intimidating and scaring people. Learn how to be content with the wages that you already learn. Learn how to be content with the things you have. Learn how to be content with the position you have. Learn how to be content with the money that you have. Over and over and over again, John the Baptizer said to people who came to him seeking salvation, He said, If you would find the kingdom of God if you would learn how to heal and save your souls. The first step to deep spirituality, the first step to, to peace is to become content right where you are. Learn how to seek and serve God just exactly where you are. Now for me, that looks like, like dropping out of that Facebook group. Just a couple of days ago, I finally let go of that, that Petoskey Stone Hunters Facebook group. I recognized that it wasn't giving me joy. It wasn't giving me peace. It was just, it was just making me restless. And so I let that group go. That's what, what it means to me to find contentment right now. I don't know what it's going to take for you to find contentment and peace right where you are right now. now maybe it will mean not looking over your neighbor's fence. Maybe it will mean saying a prayer to God each morning when you, when you get out of bed and saying, God, help me to not be quarrelsome today. And God, guard my lips that no hurtful or ungodly words would come out of my mouth today. And maybe for you right now, the, the path to contentment is to make a list each night before you go to sleep of all of the gifts and blessings in your life and to give God thanks for, for each and every one of those. I don't know what it's going to take for you to find contentment to learn how to seek and serve God right where you are right now. But I do know this. You don't need to wait another two weeks in order to be at peace. You don't need to wait another year and a half in order to find joy. You don't need to wait until quarantine is lifted and a vaccine has been found in order to seek God and to serve God. God is right there with you, just exactly where you are. If only you have the courage to look. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the courage and the wisdom to be where we are. God, we pray that each day you would give us a sense of peace and thanksgiving. As we look around ourselves, as we look around our homes, as we look at the people who are are dearest to us, and we see in all of these things your kingdom. God, we pray that you would reveal your kingdom to us day by day. God, surprise us with new things each day even as the scenery around us remains the same. God, come to us just where we are that we we might know you more. These things we pray in Jesus. Amen.